Mark chapter 15. Jesus is delivered through Pilate for trial and he will be crucified. So I'll read from verse 1 to verse 15 of Mark chapter 15. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the old, and the old council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now, at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Barabbas is the name that means son of the father. And we are told that in, in Jewish historical sources that he was, he was likely to be a son of a Jewish rabbi. So Matthew tells us that Barabbas was a notorious prisoner. And John is referred to as a robber. Here in Mark is referred to as a rebel, an insurrectionist. And so this, is, this was a person who was bloodthirsty, freedom fighter for the zealots. We are told in Matthew chapter 27 verse 19 of Pilate's wife, who warned him and, tell, and told him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. His wife was telling Pilate, stay away from the affair of that man. Jesus had nothing to do with the overthrow of the Roman government. Yet we know that Barabbas had everything to do. He was a Jewish zealot. He was opposed to the Roman Empire and was willing to die to overthrow the Roman Empire. In verse 13, we are told that 
the crowd asked for the ultimate punishment. He says, and they cried out again, crucify him. They asked for Jesus to be crucified. In verse 14, Pilate knows very well that Jesus is innocent. He says, and Pilate said to them, why, what evil has he done? And so Pilate gives in to the pressure. Um, he knows that he might get into trouble with the superiors in Rome. In verse 15, Pilate is not so, he's not a good man. He says, so Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him up to be crucified. You can imagine an insurrectionist, a murderer, a rebel, released before the crowd. And the crowd are cheering for him to be released. And Jesus, who is innocent, is flogged. And people are celebrating, crucify him. He was flogged over and over again. Flogging was very vicious to the point that within a moment your bone was exposed. And here is a man, Pilate. He tried to wash his hands of Christ's blood. And he thought that Christ was on trial. But the truth of the fact is he was on trial. Pilate was standing on trial and he stood condemned and two names are brought before him two names are brought to the ballot Barabbas the son of the father and Jesus Christ the son of God Barabbas represented the emancipation of the Jews from the Roman Empire Jesus Christ represented emancipation from the slavery to sin. Barabbas represented revolution. Jesus Christ represented the gospel. Barabbas represented the temporal, the earthly things. Jesus Christ represented the spiritual, the heavenly things. And here there are two people brought before the crowd, brought before Pilate, and the people must choose. And it is not a choice that will affect them only for a short period of time. This was a choice that will affect them generation after generation until eternity. And the world, we are told, the world goes for Barabbas because the world does not have any kind of conviction to value spiritual deliverance from sin. The world hates the Lord Jesus Christ. The world wants nothing to do with him. Christ is despised and rejected. When the world sees the choice between Christ and Barabbas, it will choose Barabbas. Because they will not want Jesus Christ to rule over them. The world wants to do what it wants to do. And as I ask you today, if there was a ballot between Christ and Barabbas, who are you going to vote for? Because your vote shows whom you esteem, whom you love. Do we love the government, politics, 
more than our Lord Jesus Christ because there's a danger for us as Christians to idolize the things of the world and as you follow politics you have to be very careful that at the end of the day you do not follow Caesar at the expense of Christ who will receive your vote is it Jesus or Barabbas Will your spiritual life suffer because of politics? Do you realize that those who choose Jesus Christ are poor and needy sinners? Those who choose Jesus Christ, they choose him because they are spiritually bankrupt. And during this week of election, you have been voting between Christ and Barabbas. Have you been viewing politics through the lens of God's word? Or are you overtaken by it? Jesus and Barabbas are put on the ballot. And who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to value? Do you value your spiritual life more than the politics of the day? Do you value the insurrectionist, the murderer, the rebel? Or do you value the king of kings, the king of all the earth, and his glorious gospel? So there's Pilate, there's Barabbas, and there's the crowd. Jesus had gone about healing the sick, doing miracles, teaching with authority, binding the wounds of the brokenhearted, doing great miracles. Yet this crowd cries out, crucify him, crucify him. That is what the crowd wanted crowd said we have no king but Caesar the crowd said his blood be on us and our children the crowd called a curse not only upon themselves but also upon their children I'll argue that this passage here is one of the vilest sins ever committed on this earth because 50 days later this same sin is brought before their faces, if you turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter is speaking. This is his first sermon. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and for knowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Peter is speaking to those who are saying crucify him, crucify him. And, Jesus, and he tells them that you crucified, verse 23, and killed by the hands of lawless men. Peter brings up the same sin right up to their face. And in, in, in chapter, 12, uh, chapter 3 again, verse 12, this is his second sermon. Peter's second sermon, verse 12, he says, and when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, 
why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. And then if you go back again, chapter 2, verse 37, this is the application now of Peter's sermon, verse 37. Peter says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We read this, it is the most heinous sin ever committed. Christ is betrayed by his own people, he's turned over to be crucified, he's nailed on the cross. And 50 days later, Peter says, you Jews did it. You asked for a murderer, and here is a message for you. Repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent because you killed him. Repent because you called a curse on yourself and your, on your children. And this means, brethren, that no matter how bad we are, no matter how vile or horrible you have been, there is repentance and forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot do anything morally wicked that cannot be forgiven. We cannot be bad enough to exclude ourselves from the grace of Christ. We can still find forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the message of the gospel. This is the message of grace. Vile, wicked, horrible sinners cry out for Christ to be crucified. They cry out for him to be put to death. They release the murderer, a rebel, a robber, in his stead. And yet, the gospel still calls them to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are told in Acts chapter 2, and those who, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, so those who received the word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The same people. Who knows? The same people who called on the Lord Jesus Christ to be crucified are the same people that are saved through his death. So there's no sin too far out from the grace of God. Many of us, all of us, have committed murder. Jesus says, if you've hated your brother, you're a murderer. We are no different from those who called on Jesus to be crucified. We may be involved, we might have been involved with all kinds of sins. And you wonder, 
Will I, will I find forgiveness for a sinner like me? Yes, there is forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you repent and embrace our Savior. All of us have hated God. All of us at one point had no interest in God. We lived our lives in defiance against God. We were the captain of our own ship. We were the master of our own fate. Yet we found forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ, whom, you hated, whom we hated. So this afternoon, this passage puts us in the value of decision. Joshua says, Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers serve in the region between, beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So choose today whom you will serve. And Christ Jesus has been proclaimed to you. And you must choose. You must do something about it. You must make a decision. You must choose to follow Christ or to perish in your sin. You must choose whether you want to be ruled and reigned over by Christ. Will you take Jesus Christ as offered to you in the gospel? The same Christ is raised up from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. So all of us are called to repent and to believe in him, bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned, he stood, he sealed my pardon with his blood, alleluia, what a savior.